Uh, we're going to go now to our special guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, once again, you know him from Locked On Saints and also a co-host on Who That Confessional with Deuce Wenham. We have Ross Jackson. Ross, what's going on, man? What's good, family, man? I appreciate you having me on, dude. Good to be here with you. Man, thank you for your time, man. I know you're extremely busy, man. You're covering the senior boy, your podcast. Uh, you go, you're writing, man. I mean, look, the, the hardest working man in, in show <laughs> is Ross Jackson. Uh, but, uh, Ross, uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and talk about Chris Richard, man. Breaking news yeah. came out a couple hours ago. Uh, Chris Richard is now the secondary coach of the New Orleans Saints. What does he bring to the table, and um, how big is this for the New Orleans Saints organization to have a coach like Chris Richard? Yeah, this is a big get for them for sure. I mean, this is the guy that helped to cultivate the Legion of Boom in Seattle, right? He was there essentially as their uh, combination cornerbacks coach and then eventually transitioned into their defensive backs coach essentially 2011 on throughout his time until he finally moved on after the 2017 season after spending three years as their defensive coordinator. So you're talking about a guy that, you know, was a part of the class that was there in terms of coaching that you know helped to draft guys like Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and uh, Maxwell Byron Maxwell like these guys that built this they all came in those two draft classes 2010 and 2011 he was a big part of that and you know the the split from uh, Seattle was a little weird because there wasn't really enough of a drop-off there I mean they went from points allowed I think you can look at that they were first basically from 2012 2015 they dropped a third 2016 and then his final season 2017 they dropped a 13th in terms of points allowed but still mad injuries that season you didn't get your full that was toward the end of cam chancellor's career he only played two more years from that i mean it was a weird split at the end of that but it just seemed like maybe it was time to move on from the regime that was left regarding the the, the Legion of Boom. And then he went on to uh, be the defensive coordinator for two years in Dallas. I have some numbers here to where he was seventh in total. That defense was seventh in total defense, sixth in points in 2018, his first year. And then in 2019, ninth in total defense, 10th in passing and 11th in points. And then he only really ended up being departing from Dallas because Jason Garrett left. And so they changed over the entire coaching staff. He took last year off. Now he's going to come back to New Orleans as a defensive backs coach. And, you know, you can find whatever blemishes you want in terms of him being fired and things like that not you personally but you know universally <laughs> you uh but really when you look at the context man he, he's a huge pickup for them in terms of replacing Aaron Glenn yeah no doubt about it you know I'm, I'm really excited about it I mean I've been lobbying for this guy since uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so this, this is huge for me but but Ross uh you know look with this hire uh comes some great happiness for me as well as other members of the Houdet Nation but what is it about the National Football League that a guy like Chris Richard can be out on the street? And you just read those numbers statistically, right? I mean, great numbers. Uh, you know, you, you have guys that are coordinators that, that didn't put up any anything remotely close to this. What is it right. about, you know, these coaches like the Eric B. Enemies and the Chris Richard? Why is it so hard for guys, in, in your opinion, why yeah. is it so hard for guys like this to get the opportunities out there? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I very much am a proponent of the school of thought that black coaches have it very hard in the NFL. And I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I'm not going to pretend like it's anything else. I'm not going to pretend like it's anything otherwise. Like, we have seen that it is evidenced. Uh, I think that you look at the fact that he was let go despite dropping from dropping the 13th in points allowed with an injury riddled defense. Like, that feels to me like uh, maybe he probably would have had a longer leash 
in a different scenario, right? right. Uh, with Dallas, the only reason why he was ousted in that case really just came down to them changing over the entire coaching staff to kind of purge themselves of Jason Garrett. So I don't think that really had to do as much with him. That was just that happens when a regime goes down. But then he took the entire year off after that to kind of figure out what it was that he wanted to do, what had been going on. I think it's stressful for a black coach in the NFL because the targets there on your back, the, the, the leash is not long. You don't get that many opportunities to begin with. And, you know, so here he is now getting an opportunity with a coaching staff and with a team that has developed some of these uh, these minority candidates that have gone on to be general managers that are now, you know, defensive coordinators in in uh, in Detroit. They're not perfect, the New Orleans Saints, by any means. But you've heard them openly discuss uh, diversity within their coaching staff and their aim to continue to not only satisfy requirements, but do the right thing beyond that. Now, maybe he ends up, I mean, he said he was very excited to come to new Orleans. He feels like that's where he and his family, it's the best place for he and his family. I, it does not, it, it does not go unwarranted to believe that Sean Payton's comments on his attention to detail when it comes to race and minority status in the coaching staff, it, it's not unwarranted to say that his openness about that doesn't have anything to do with, uh, or, or has a lot to do rather with Chris Richard's taking this job. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I'm always, I'm just always skeptical about that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the way that they, 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 have these these african-american coaches and you know like they're, they're giving these interviews and i just feel like it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek or whatever like oh, well, we got to do this this rooney rule i mm-hmm. think the rooney the fact that we're living in 2021 and there is a rooney rule is an absolute joke uh it, right. it shouldn't even be based on oh i have to uh, interview this black candidate it, it like the fact that we're actually saying this black candidate is a joke you should want to just interview this guy for the coaching job. Right. I think that we need to remove those labels. Okay. I mean, yeah. the label of a black coach. How about just a coach? A okay? uh, coach. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Chris Rashad getting this opportunity. Hopefully, you know, I mean, this, this is a start of something, you know, where he can actually thrive because it just doesn't make sense, Ross. I mean, this guy right. was r- really good for the Dallas Cowboys. And then like all of a sudden, like people were talking about this guy being a possible head coach. Uh, I think right about, around the time when Adam Gates was uh, supposed to be with the Jets and they were having him connected <laughs> to the Jets. I'm like, what the heck going on here? But Right. I mean, I, right. Digress, I digress, man. No, no, no. Let me, <laughs> let me say, let me say, let me say, like, I, I agree with you, man. I, I really, really do. Like, and, and I'm going to keep pounding this drum with you because I think it's an important one that we shouldn't let up on at any right. point, right? People that enjoy the sport, people that cover the sport, people that participate in the sport. There should be no, you know, leniency on opportunity for non-white, non-male presences within these coaching staffs and within these front offices. I think it's an incredibly important thing to discuss. So I appreciate you bringing it up. I do want to say, too, I agree with you that the Rooney Rule is becoming more of a barrier of being able to diagnose and address these systemic issues within the NFL. I would almost rather the Rooney Rule not be there, go through an entire coaching cycle of no black coaches being uh, interviewed. That way we can point to it. And now yep. we can say yes. this is a problem, right? Yep. As opposed to there sort of being a safeguard in that coach, in that coaching searches, GM searches, they're required to do this. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. And also dangling the carrot of prosperity. Like, oh, if, right, you, hire, right. if you hire this front office, uh, you know, if it's a guy for a front office job, you get a third round pick. Like, let, like you said, stop giving the, these, these organizations rewards. Because it just seems like they're just doing it in order to 
receive something. Right, right. You know, these guys deserve it. I mean, Eric Bieniemy, the fact that like, as good as the Chiefs offense is and the fact that this guy isn't really looked at and Deshaun Watson has to go to the Houston, Texas organization and say, hey, interview this guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then, like to appease him and make him happy, you do it. Like it shouldn't even be right. that way. But once again, you know, like I, I'm like I'm on my soapbox. Uh, I tell people <laughs> all the time here, you know, like before I was a podcaster, before I was a radio broadcaster, I was mm. black and I'm still right. black. And I'm on right. I, I stand <laughs> on the shoulders of, of my race and I'm 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 speak up. But yeah, I hear you, but, man. Yeah, but let's go ahead and talk about the Senior Bowl. Uh, mm -hmm. You got opportunity uh, to go out there, get opportunity to look at some of the guys, uh, the, the standouts. Uh, the Who That Nation is uh, is talking about quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, what I hear, like the interviews, he, he blew him out the water. Uh, people are talking about his leadership, his, his upside, his, his intangibles, his skill set. Uh, what do you see from Mac Jones? Uh, do you think that the New Orleans Saints – uh, could possibly draft a guy like Mac Jones in this 2021 draft. Yeah, I, look, I think we have to see what happens with the rest of the quarterback carousel and what the landscape looks like after free agency and all these potential changes, right? We've seen Matt Stafford now go to L.A. Jared Goff is now a Detroit Lion. Like, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. And so right. we have to sort of see how, like, all that's going to shake out and then see how desperate the Saints are to address the position, right? Like, if they don't get Jameis Winston to resign, how does that change their approach in the draft and their their approach in terms of addressing quarterback? Does that make them a little bit more, I don't want to say desperate, but does it make it a little bit more necessary for them to address in the draft as opposed to in free agency? So, you know, it, it'll take a little bit in terms of figuring out what exactly the Saints actually need at that point. But if they needed a guy he's a pretty good fit. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like his accuracy, his ball placement, all the things that he does well are things that Drew Brees did. Well, not at the Drew Brees level. Don't get me wrong, right. but they're the foundations upon which the saints offense has been structured, right? Yeah. Being able to thrive short intermediate yards after catch, be accurate ball placement, throw guys open, take care of the ball, not throw interceptions. Don't turn the ball over. That's all Mac Jones. Like that's what right. he did, right? His final right. season at Alabama. And yes, he had elite weapons, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, but he meshed, he meshed really well with the guys that he played with in, uh, in mobile that right. I watched. And that was on two days. That was on two mm -hmm. days of familiarity that we wow. saw that. And it's not like he doesn't have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Right? right. So like, or, or whoever it would be a year from now, two years from now, whatever, yeah. you know, so no matter what you're dealing with, talking about elite college talent, which is not always the same as elite NFL talent, right? right? Sometimes baseline NFL talent proves to be better than elite college talent. So we can't hold him accountable for the weapons that he had in Alabama. It's a weird argument. So when you look at what he does and where he excels, those are places where the Saints have built their offense. So he could fit. Uh, he could fit pretty well, but we'll see. Like maybe the Carolina Panthers are in love with them after working with them. We don't know yet, too. So there's a lot of opportunities there. I'm not suggesting he goes eighth, but could they trade back knowing that they can grab him a little bit later? So on and so forth. So a lot to figure out. Yeah, I mean, look, he has been the name uh, inbox uh <laughs> emails <laughs> hey, what do you think about mac jones what do you think about mac jones so uh and and from what i hear all the articles i've read i mean he blew it out the out the water and that was mm -hmm. something that, that i was kind of skeptical about i mean anytime you have a quarterback like that uh that elite competition mm -hmm. i mean that elite offense uh that he's dealing with i mean guys are wide open i mean basically right. all you got to do is just have a little bit of an arm and you can get it to these guys but I mean, from what I hear and you're talking about him, it seems like a lot of people should be excited about him. 
But you yeah. know, the Saints also have uh, other needs. I mean, right. linebacker. Uh, we looked at Alex Azzalone, uh mm-hmm. ah, Nah, that ain't it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got the cornerbacks. Uh, you know, you know, guys like Janoris Jenkins are getting older. You need to try to find guys to possibly replace them. Uh, what are some uh, some guys that you've seen out there at the Senior Bowl that, that stood out to you that you think would be a good fit in the Saints organization? Yeah, so there are a couple that I think are really interesting. Um, uh, I'll start at uh, – let me start on the defensive side at linebacker. Uh, you know, we got a good look at a guy out of Ohio State, Baron Browning, who does a really good job in the run game as well as in coverage. Him next to a guy like Demario Davis, it's really good development potential. That's a, a system that the Saints are very comfortable drafting from. They've done it several times over. Uh, you know, they they like the system that's there. They like the guys that come out of that program. So he's somebody that stands out there. Uh, let's say that the Saints lose – potentially Trey Hendrickson and they're looking for another edge rusher, maybe in the later rounds. Remember they grabbed Trey Hendrickson in the third round of that 2017 draft. There are some of those guys that can be valuable in 2020 is or 2021 rather as well. Quincy Roche out of Miami. He played really well. He can win immediately off the line of scrimmage. Cameron Sample, local guy out of Tulane, uh, originally from Atlanta, but loved his time in New Orleans, even admitted to Dylan Sanders, good friend of mine, that New Orleans has better professional football than Atlanta does. Uh, So, you know, starting off on a good foot already. Yeah, (laughs) starting off on a good foot already. Uh, But, no, I mean, he's somebody that was able to win on the edge, win in the middle. He can win with power. He can win with speed. He, you know, has a motor, second, third effort. Like, he does all that really well, and he stands out in the game because of that. Those are a couple of guys that definitely fit over on the defensive side. Uh, if I wanted to throw somebody in on the offensive side, uh, the Saints are, you know, they might be looking for a little bit more of a spark at wide receiver. A guy like Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State is somebody I'm really intrigued in. Kadarius Tony out of uh, out of Florida. Really, any of these, almost any of these wide receivers. Austin Watkins out of UAB. Cade yeah. uh, Johnson out of South Dakota State University, who creates separation like crazy, which is certainly something the Saints could use. So there's a lot of good fits at the Senior Bowl. And remember, the Saints since Sean Payton showed up in 2006. They've drafted a senior bowl participant at least one in every draft since then, with the exception of 2017 and 2012. So you love their senior bowl guys. Yeah. I mean, look, look, that that's those diamonds in the rough. You know, those are the guys that go out there, they have a mm-hmm. great performance. I mean, you, you think about like Justin Herbert, right? I mean, Justin right. Herbert was was that guy coming out of Oregon, people were crazy about, but you know, the question is is leadership. Right. And now look at Justin Herbert. I mean, right. this guy's out here balling, wheeling, and dealing. And right. you know, I think it all kind of started uh from from their senior bowl. Um, mm-hmm. one more question. Uh yeah, man. let's just talk about Jamie Newman here. You know, the guy from yeah, Wake Forest, yeah, yeah, yeah. transferred to Georgia, uh decided to sit out due to COVID-19, uh, didn't get opportunity to play at Georgia, but I mean, great upside. We did about six three, about two twenty-five, two thirty, or something mm-hmm. like that. So uh what do you see out of Jamie Newman, uh, you know, and where does he fit in um, in this year's draft? Look, man, I like Jamie Newman. I, I really do. Um, he's somebody – I got to talk to him right after I talked to Matt Jones and asked him about his visit with the Saints and everything. I asked uh, Jamie Newman about his visit with the Saints as well. He said that, you know, it, it, he felt like he, it went well. He enjoyed meeting with them, but that's about as deep as he went into it. But I liked watching him. He was the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl on day one. He wow. eventually ended up getting surpassed by Mac Jones once Mac Jones got more comfortable. But Jamie Newman didn't drop to quarterback three quarterback four like he was still at that point the second best quarterback out there he threw an interception during the senior bowl game but the senior bowl game in terms of scouting evaluation is less important than that of the practices the practices are really what you want to watch how do these guys progress how do they respond to coaching from nfl squads all that so you saw some really good things from him and he probably
probably had the best arm talent there in terms of a combination of ball placement and also uh, his ability to be able to throw the ball down the field, his ball velocity, things like that. I think the strongest arm is probably going to be Felipe Franks. But in terms of blending these guys and blending, you know, accuracy and power, Jamie Newman was absolutely that guy. He's somebody that I think is probably going to be maybe a round three, round four pick. Uh, because he didn't play in 2020, there's not too much recent tape on him, but he did a good thing by going to the senior bowl, not because of what he did on the field or not just because of what he did on the field, but he's able to look all of these, you know, 32 franchises that asked him about, Hey, why'd you opt out? He was able to look at all of them in the eyes and explain to them concisely. And with conviction, I sat out of the 2020 season because of COVID and for my family, like he's very, 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 um, stern about what his point was and he doesn't get defensive about the question or anything like that like some candidate like some some prospects might no he knows what why he sat out he stands by his decision and that speaks very highly of his character yeah definitely i mean you need a guy like that that has that type of confidence that can you know i mean because the media sometimes they can be a little rough man and um you know they ask up those tough questions and you can't be uh thin-skinned you know so right that, that's that's a, that's a great trait to have but and finally, let's just go ahead and talk about uh, the Saints quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, people were talking about Matthew Stafford. You know, it was excited about Matthew Stafford. Well, can we get Matthew Stafford? I was one of those people. I like yeah, Matthew me too. Stafford. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just think that he would just, uh, you know, dealt a bad hand. I mean, Detroit is one of those NFL purgatories. But he goes to the Rams, uh, you know, for Jared Goff and, and some draft picks. And now – you know, we can go ahead and eliminate him. And, and now mm-hmm. we can focus now on, well, we know that most likely Drew Brees is going to hang it up. Um, right. You know, press conference probably going to be coming pretty soon. And now you have Jameis Winston, who is right now a free agent, and you also have Taysom Hill. Uh, right. Ross, uh, let's put your GM, your GM hat on just for a tad bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want the Saints to re-sign Jameis Winston what are the pros and the cons, in your opinion? And uh, do you think that Jameis Winston could possibly make the Saints uh, a playoff contender, or even a Super Bowl contender in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So I want, I do, I would want the Saints to re-sign uh, Jameis Winston. I, I think that there's an intent there. I mean, the way that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis continue to talk about Jameis Winston, the way that Sean Payton references Jameis Winston as presently being on the roster at all times, I think all of that points to the fact that it, it's small, but it, it, it points to the fact that the Saints believe that he's going to be a saint. He's going to be in the black and gold. And specifically when he signed his contract, and Sean Payton talked about this on the uh, the Huddle and Flow podcast with Steve Weiss and Jim Trotter, he talked about how the agreement between the two essentially was that Jameis came here knowing that once Drew Brees retires, he's going to get his opportunity to be that next guy. And that if in that if uh, Drew Brees got hurt during the regular season, that that would be Taysom's time. Right. So if that's the case and if that understanding was made, then there seems to be some mutual understanding of what is the expectation moving forward. Now we'll see what happens. There are going to be other teams that are going to be interested in Jameis Winston. They will be there, but are they going to have an opportunity? Cause they can't talk to Jameis until free agency opens in March. The right. only team that could talk to Jameis and sign him right now are the new Orleans saints right. because he is a free agent an unrestricted free agent there, but that doesn't matter until free agency opens up. So I do think that yes, they have a chance to retain him. I do think that he is somebody that can keep them in playoff contention. If the things, if the work in 2020 was fruitful, the only thing is though that the only people that know that are the saints organization 
Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn, who just got their quarterback in, um, in, in Jared Goff, and then Joe Lombardi, who is, who's got Justin Herbert in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Right. That's it. Nobody else knows anything about, new, about Jameis Winston and what he's looked like. So I, I do think that as long as these things, right, that 2019 season that everybody's going to remember, the 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, as long as whatever that was got fixed, whether it's the LASIK, whether it's uh, decision-making, whether it's processing, whatever it is, or just a, a more conducive system that includes a run game and a better offensive line, then I think that, yes, he, he does give the Saints an opportunity to remain contenders, which is their intent moving forward 2021 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, the, the LASIK eye surgery, you know, the, the, the most important surgery in NFL history. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, I feel like it was an outlier. I mean, you look at uh, Jameis Winston's stats. I mean, he, he never uh, threw those many interceptions, you know. I mean, right. Bruce Arians, you look at, I mean, his track record. I first-year quarterbacks before, him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first-year quarterbacks, they always have a, a huge number of interceptions. I mean, what, Peyton Manning had, what, 29? Yeah, he had a career high with him. I mean, even, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, he was struggling, you know, with the interceptions at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. season until they transitioned to that New England offense that that made him more comfortable. So I I believe in Jameis. I want to see him succeed. Uh, I I think that he has a lot of confidence in himself, and you can tell the locker room loves him, man. I mean, mean, he has that that, that energy. But, uh, Ross, uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I I know you're a busy man, so thank you so much uh, for – being here on the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, before we, you get out of here, uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, man. First of all, a, a pleasure, dude. Keep up the grind, man. I see you. I, I hope you know that. And uh, I'm happy Appreciate to jump that, on. Man. Yeah, man. I'm happy to jump on anytime you need. You just hit me up. Anything I can do to help, you just let me know. Uh, y'all can follow me. Yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. Uh, you can catch the Locked on Saints podcast every Monday through Friday, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You can catch the write-ups over at uh, CanalStreetChronicles.com. I'm doing a detailed write-up right now on the Chris Richard hire, so I have that out later on today. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, the hardest working man <laughs> is show business right here. Mr. Ross. <laughs> Straight from Alabama uh, <laughs> podcast, man, into the, uh, the writing sheet, man. Thank you so much. And, uh, man, good luck down the road, man. Looking forward to hearing from you on, on uh, who that confessional Canal Street Chronicles mm-hmm. and Locked On Saints, man. Take care. Yeah, bro. You too, bro.